scripture reading this morning is Mark 16, 1 to 7, and 1 Timothy 3, 14 to 16. Mark says, Jesus has risen. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll, roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And First Timothy, the reasons for Paul's instructions. Although I hope to come to you soon, I am writing you these instructions, so that if I'm delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God the pillar and foundation of truth. Beyond all question, the mystery from which true godliness springs is great. He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, was taken up in glory. I'm not sure if I can fully describe the moment. It was incredible, astounding, overwhelming. Sunday morning, I had gone to the tomb with the others. We planned to prepare Jesus' body for burial. We had all the oils and the spices with us, but on the way we realized we didn't know how we would even get to him. The stones that cover tombs are so big and heavy, but when we arrived we were shocked. The stone was already moved away from the opening, and the tomb was empty. We were so scared, we thought for sure someone had shown up and taken the body. And in fact, there was someone there. There was a young man. I didn't recognize him, dressed in all white. Dazzling white. He said something stunning. He told us that we shouldn't be looking for the Lord in the tomb, that Jesus was alive. I thought it might be a horrible joke. I couldn't stand it. I turned to leave. I felt like I just had to get away. As I started to run from the garden, I <laughs> I almost ran into him. I almost ran into Jesus. Just suddenly he was there, alive. And in a rush, I, I thought of everything. His teaching, his healing, all those who doubted him, all those who followed him all those who attacked him, the ridiculous trial, the false conviction, his death, and now there he was, alive, right in front of me. I realized he was vindicated. Everything he said was true. And in that moment, I understood. He is truth and light and love. He is everything.
following Jesus' trial, conviction, and death on a cross, Easter morning offers a first view of vindication. And in the vindication of the resurrection, we discover the mystery that reveals God's all-surpassing power. Mary saw it first with her own eyes. In all the four gospel accounts, Mary of Magdala was there. In Mark, she is with Salome and another woman named Mary, heading to the tomb, bringing spices to anoint Jesus' body. When an angel in the emptied tomb tells them that the crucified one, Jesus of Nazareth, has risen and that she will see him in Galilee. Luke and Matthew's account is quite similar to Mark's, but in Matthew, he recounts that Jesus suddenly appeared to the women who were on their way to tell the others. Now, John's account is very well loved. In John, Mary is the first to see Jesus. Mistaking him for the gardener, she demands that he tell her where he has put Jesus' body. And then Jesus speaks her name, Mary. And she recognizes him and says, teacher, her beloved teacher. Mary saw the miracle of Easter with her very own eyes. First the emptied tomb and then the resurrected Lord in bodily form. As the initial witness of the resurrection of Jesus, she had a firsthand view of vindication. This year during Lent, we've been following Jesus' trial up to his death on a cross. So it's important for us to say this Easter and be reminded that, that Jesus didn't simply die. Jesus had been put to death because he was sentenced, he was executed in a Roman crucifixion. And he was crucified because he was convicted in a court trial. And because of this fact, the resurrection of Jesus, yes, is about Jesus' return to life. But it is not simply that. It is also the vindication of one who had been convicted. In legal terms, to be vindicated means to be freed from allegations, to be cleared from suspicion, to be exonerated, that the charges are revealed to be unfair or unfounded. Now, when this happens to an innocent person who is unjustly charged, it brings to the surface emotion-filled responses, ranging from jubilant cheers to quiet, speechless tears. Generally speaking, to be vindicated also means that you were right all along. In spite of the testimony to the contrary. 
Have you ever felt the elation of vindication? Yes, it can happen in the courtroom. And I tried to think of a courtroom experience that perhaps more of us might have had in our lifetime than others. And it could be this. Have you ever successfully fought a traffic ticket in court? And you got to the conclusion, and the judge said, you were right. It can also happen outside the courtroom in regular life. It can happen when you're playing a team trivia game, and the answer that you suggested to your teammates was not accepted by them, and yet it turned out to be the right answer. Now, your team loses the point, but you silently feel vindicated because now your teammates know that you are smarter than them. (laughs) Vindication is what long-suffering Seattle Mariners fans hope they will feel when their beloved M's finally make it to the postseason despite the naysayers. It turns out you were right all along to keep those hopes alive for those many, many, many years. Jesus' resurrection is proof that Jesus was right all along. He is who he claimed to be in spite of the testimony and judgment of Caiaphas and Pilate or the crucify him crowd. Mary and the rest of Jesus' followers undoubtedly shared in this sense of vindication. Now that they saw Jesus was alive, their trust and their hope in Jesus, which seemed just hours before, when Jesus was assumed to be in the dark grave of death as signs of foolishness and failure, with his rising was revealed that they were right all along. In Jesus' vindication, we discover a mystery. In 1 Timothy 3.16, which was written after the, the Christian movement, the mission of the church was well underway and had spread throughout most of the Mediterranean world, we find an early hymn text that was either said or sung, likely in corporate worship, It's introduced with these words, beyond all question, another way to put it, the NRSV puts it, without a doubt, the mystery from which true godliness springs is great. Jesus appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit, etc., etc., continuing this theme step by step of Jesus accomplishing God's plan of salvation. The mention of Jesus being vindicated by the Spirit is indeed of reference to his resurrection from the dead, which is an indispensable part of the profound mystery at the heart of the Christian faith. Now, it's no surprise that there's a lot of mystery associated with Easter, associated with Jesus rising from the dead. In the biblical text, along with the eyewitnesses, we see Jesus alive after he had died. 
eyewitness witness testimony. We hear him speak after he had fallen silent in the grip of death. Yet we are never told exactly how it happened. If we try to tear open the pages and scratch the text to, to find a detailed account longer than all the scientific textbooks ever written on how God accomplished it exactly, we will find at the end of that that there is still mystery. And yet, the mystery which is spoken of in 1 Timothy 3.16 is a mystery that in fact was revealed in the resurrection. It is the mystery that was hidden for ages, but now has been revealed to those who believe that God had a plan all along for the salvation of the world. And he accomplished it in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus' vindication provides for our justification. In the original Greek, the word for vindicated in this text shares the same root as the word for justified. And as the Apostle Paul testifies in Romans 4.25, Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Jesus was right all along. But in his death and resurrection, he can make us right with God. What do you wonder about? Do you ever find yourself thinking these words? How in the world this time-honored question uh, can range from the mundane, like, how in the world am I going to get this stain out of that carpet? But it ranges to the profound, like, how in the world can I make amends for the mess I've made of my marriage? Because Jesus paid the price for our sins and has ra been raised from the dead, we don't have to wonder how we can be made right with God. The mystery has been revealed. And the mystery of Jesus' resurrection reveals that God's all-surpassing power is in play. Going back to 1 Timothy 3.16, there is a claim that without a doubt, the mystery from which true godliness springs, the mystery of faith is great. The Greek word for great is one you know. Mega. Mega, that prefix that has been conveniently imported into the English language to be a prefix in front of all kinds, especially of technology, to describe it's extra increased power. Megabyte. Megapixel. Megaton. Or that cutting edge technology. The megaphone. Do you remember the megaphone? We actually have a megaphone in the youth room. In the youth room closet. If you ever want to see one. It's quite fun. In addition to describing the importance and deeply powerful mystery of faith in 1 Timothy, 
This word mega is actually a word that we heard in the Easter text in Mark's gospel. Did you notice it? It turns out that on their way to the tomb that morning, Mary and her friends were deeply concerned. And they were deeply concerned about the stone that stood between them and Jesus' body. They asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance to the tomb? And when they arrived, they saw the stone, and the text says, which was very large. Large. Mega. It was a mega obstacle. But then they saw something that amazed them. In verse 4 of Mark 16, when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was mega, had been rolled away. The obstacle was great, but the power of the resurrection, the hallmark of the great mystery of faith, was greater still. Today, what are the obstacles that you face? What challenges seem too large for you to surmount? When it comes to mega problems, we can feel powerless. Yet, in that powerlessness, Easter reminds us that there's a greater power at play. The same power that God demonstrated in raising Jesus Christ from the dead. And so as you look around, as we look around at our world, a world at war, where we see scenes of violent sieges and people sheltering for their very lives and we feel helpless, powerless. We see wars that pit one person against another, one philosophy against another, neighbor against neighbor. We see injustice. We see despair. And that's just as we look around us. What happens when we look within? Sometimes we look within and we are just filled with gratitude and a a sense of of well-being. And those are blessings for sure. Scratch the surface a bit on those and you will find a revealing of God's power behind that. But what about those times when we find within deep grief? When we find sorrow or loss, loneliness, regret. Remember that while these and other challenges may be great, God's power is greater still. Greater still is the mighty power of God shown in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The mystery once hidden that is now revealed. Embrace it. Base your life upon it. Draw your strength from it. Find the power of life over death in the vindicated Savior Jesus. 
And like Mary, see it with your own eyes. Amen.